Hey, hey, hey. Thank you all again for tuning in for another episode of The Aqua Prophet. I'm your host, Ashley Witcher. And you know, this is the space where we boldly and authentically navigate womanhood, faith, and everything in between. And today, we're going to be navigating some faith and some womanhood. We, look, we're going to probably touch on everything today. <laughs> um, listen, because uh, I am super excited uh, for my guest that I have with me today, Mrs. Shante Truscott. And she is, if you guys don't know her, <laughs> um, yeah, she is... Uh, someone who has been very instrumental in my life in a short period of time is that. Um, and so I am excited to be able to just share her with you guys today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Okay. So Shante, she is a, the, she's a people's leader. She's the people's leader. Okay. Um, she is called to different spheres in marketplace and ministry. And she, um, she's one who, um, she brings the big picture approach to her work, but she makes it practical. And so we love that because, you know, some people give you the big picture and leave you to figure out how to, you know, navigate it on your own. And so we love someone who will break it down for us. And Shantae is most definitely one of those people. Um, and so she gives you the practical steps to achieving the long-term strategic goals um, she serves in C-suite um, in her professional career, and she's also a licensed minister, and she serves on a leadership team at her local church, but the most important roles and hats that she wears is that of a devoted wife and a mother, and a sister, and a friend, and no, no, <laughs> all of those things, um, and so I want to tell you guys really, just really briefly how I met her well not officially okay I found her online um and so this was a while ago actually um I found her on Periscope that was a long time ago yeah she you were on it was you and and I I can't even it was you and Pastor Kia Moore doing uh, I think it was like prayer fasting or something was going on um, and I don't even know how I even discovered either one of you. I must have been just searching through and stopped like, oh, this is, oh. And then I, then, so I found you guys on there. I listened in. I think it may have been like the last day. Um, and then I was like, let me go to Facebook. And I looked both of you guys up, sent prayer requests on Facebook. <laughs> and so I can't even tell you what year. Was that 2017, maybe 2016? I don't even remember. It was like, a long time. Yeah, I don't even remember. I just know that I just discovered you all by accident, well, not accident, because everything happens for a reason. Nothing is a coincidence when God's involved, especially. And so I found you guys, I found you on there and then sent you the friend request. And I believe I saw you posting about wise and waiting. And I, like I tell people, I was like, I don't even know. I don't even remember joining Wise and Waiting. I just know all of a sudden I was in there, okay? <laughs> I was in there. Um, and I would see, you know, I would scroll through and uh, see some posts every once in a while. Maybe even comment on a few or like them or whatnot. But I didn't really get too involved. It wasn't until I think I was in the actual group for about probably a year or two before I actually literally 
got involved. And that was back in, um, was it 2019 when I, uh, yeah, signed up for good thing for whatever reason I saw that I was actually, I got married in 2019. So I was getting ready or was I already married? I had just gotten married. And the church that mm-hmm. I was in at the time did not have a marriage ministry. And all I know is I'm newly married um, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so good. I was like, oh, I need that. It's a mentorship, you know? And so, and I had missed actually the first, I had missed the sign up. Somebody dropped out or something happened and mm-hmm. I was able to get in like um Shalanda came back she inboxed me like were you still interested I was like yes <laughs> and I was able <laughs> to um get into that cohort good thing 101 and it was like after that I was a a wives and waiting like fanatic okay <laughs> on tea time I'm on Whatever y'all got going on, I'm I'm watching or coming back and catching the replay. If I missed it, I'm coming back to catch up on what I missed. And so <clears throat> Shate, uh, she was the founder, the um, what I want to say, I'm about, I was about to use a big word, like progenitor of why <laughs> <laughs> and I say was because um uh, was it last no early this year mm-hmm. so this year in January wives and waiting came to an end um and man it was amazing like by the time it ended I was had worked my way on into leadership a leadership role <laughs> for the Atlanta area sister circle I was one of the co-leaders and man when I tell you uh, for me out of that experience came lifelong lessons and connections and um it it just made an impact like on my life more than probably any other ministry I've been in okay um <laughs> and so um I am forever grateful to you Shante um just for your yes and so Let's really um before we even get into me asking you about a lot a lot about wives and waiting, I want to kind of like get let's give the people um some history or a little more insight into who you are, Shante. Um and like so when did you get into ministry? Like did you grow up in church? Like how did you did you see ministry growing up or was it just something you stumbled into? you know, in your early young years, like, whoop, whoop, I was no. and they're saying, I know God smacked me, like, boom, like, how did that go? <laughs> um, I was not even raised in a church. Um, I was saved, like, my parents, well, maybe my mom made sure, like, you're gonna know the Lord, well, first of all, before we get into that, thank you, Ashley, for everything you said, it was so wonderful, oh, to make a little tear. Oh, no, I know, let me <laughs> But no, um, we, we would kind of, we were the Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter crowd. CME. Okay. (laughs) CMEs. Just enough, like, to make sure you don't go to hell. That's why we were going. Um, So being in ministry was never like on my radar at all. Um, I didn't even understand what that meant fully. Um, But when I started um, Wives in Waiting, it was really born out of a need that I had. Like we were traveling internationally for my husband's job. 
And so there was no church on Sundays. And at that time, our relationship with the Lord was, I'd say pretty stale, right? For a lack of a better word, like every blue moon may read a devotional here and there, every blue moon. Definitely when it was an emergency, um, oh. that's, there was no, you know, daily communion with God, none of that stuff. And I just remember um, being overseas and thinking like, I really don't know how to navigate my relationship with God outside of going to church. Mm -hmm. um, so we were overseas and there was like, we were in a country that English was not, <laughs> was not a primary language. So it was people we couldn't even communicate with, let alone find a church. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember someone sent me a sermon. Um, it was a watch night service, actually. It was on New Year's Eve and the time difference, right? was super different. So it was like in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, on well in early in the morning I guess I should say on New Year's Day in um 2011 someone sent me this sermon and I remember like just being rocked in, in my relationship it was it was it was just craziness just about being misunderstood and all these things and just how God has a plan and peculiar like all this all the stuff right and I'm like boohoo crying I don't even know why I'm boohoo crying like what is going on right. and I just remember like the Lord being so gentle with me and just really ushering me into a deeper intimacy with him during that time and as I just started studying my word more and walking with God and really applying the principles of God's word to my life I really started to like Lord there's probably other people that are just like this that don't really know how to take what we have been taught and really apply it to our lives. Right. And there was a particular scripture that the Lord really highlighted for me um, in Isaiah 54 and five that referred to God as the husband of the church. Mm -hmm. And that was a really easy connection for me to make during that time. Like I couldn't necessarily um, at that time in my walk, like, you know, yes, the Lord is our father. Yes, we are his friends, but thinking about, the commitment that God made in choosing us as his bride, um, the church as his bride just really like resonated with me. And I, I had no intention or, or endeavor to start a ministry. I was just like, Hey, I'm going to study the Bible. Y'all want to come study the Bible too. Um, I didn't know, right. That that was the beginning of a ministry. It was just me. Like I need other people to walk this out with me and really help us to understand what God is saying to us, especially as women. So that is how the ministry was started, like with no purpose, with no intention. And that sounds horrible, but like God knew, right. Had he been like, okay, Shantae, like you're going to start a ministry. Um, I would have said, no, I would have right. said, no. but I definitely was on board with, I'm going to invite some other girls to study the Bible with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't have a purpose or intention, but God did. For sure. For sure. And I, I, um, when I started the ministry, I was 30. So I was not like a baby. I was like a woman, woman, right? Like grown, grown, but still at that point in my life, I did not know how to navigate like intimacy with God and what a real relationship looked like. Um, so no, I didn't come from a ministry family background. Like I said, didn't even know I was starting a ministry when, when all this kind of kicked off. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's um, amazing that, you know, you had a need and you were like, instead of continuing to wait around, you know, you were like, no, I am going to create what I need. And you didn't know you're being led by the spirit. Of 
course. Right. They but. Have <laughs> but that a lot of the time that's you know, God does that. Because like you said, if he would have told you exactly what was going on, you mm -mm. you like, well, I'll read the Bible some other time. Get you know? somebody else to do it. Exactly. That, that, too. <laughs> that too. Um, and I remember even telling telling someone, like, if I'd have known what all I had to go through, I'd have been, I I said I probably wouldn't even got saved for real. Like, I ain't gonna lie. You know, I mean, it's, you know, the person I was talking to was like, really? It was in an interview. I was like, they're like, really? I said, no. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I probably would not have. Um, and so that's why God, like, we have to trust him and trust that he knows best because um, we, you know, we will allow fear and what we think we don't have or can't do, all these right. things to cause us to, uh, stay stagnant or stay in bondage and you know just not be obedient to what God wants if he if he told us the whole picture so he know he he had a spoon feed us sometimes little by little yeah because he literally sees the end <laughs> and we're just like I don't know what you're talking about you said disqualifying ourselves and yep. I think even in, in all of our humanity hearing you say like if I would have known all the stuff that was part of my walk with God I might not have chosen to walk with him because it is, it is hard. Like even like leading a ministry and doing those things, just being saved is tough. And you have to bring your flesh under submission all the time because our, our humanity is like, I want the path of least resistance. Like that's, we're that's <laughs> and that's what we're going to choose every time. And that's not necessarily the plan that God has for us because of how he wants to use us. Like if we take the path of least resistance, maybe we don't, become who he says that we are maybe the people that we are called to impact are not impacted mm -hmm. so it's definitely a life of surrender <laughs> which we don't always like right yeah definitely and um I was thinking too like it it's the it's the rough seasons and the hard situations that's what shapes us you know and but again because our of our humanity We'll be like, mm, I'll, you know, I'll pass or I'll go the other way. I don't have, you know, we ain't got to go that way. I'll take a different route. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so what I want to, let me ask you this. Okay. So is, is a few things. I'm, I'm trying to see where I want to go because I can go talk about the leadership side or I can talk about just, you know, the, um, I don't even know what the, what we call those we served in in the ministry, um, mm -hmm. but one of the things it was a few things that Wise and Waiting really championed, um, and the biggest outside of the relationship with God was the sisterhood, um, and healthy leadership so those are the two that's where I'm kind of like okay which way I want to go um <laughs> and so can you first tell us the the difference between the um between sisterhood and friendship and then we'll get into leadership after that so can you tell okay. us between that those two Right. So yeah, I think this is a question that a lot of people have. So I'm glad you asked this. Um, first, the definition of sisterhood is really rooted in our, our relationship in the body of Christ, right? Like we are not only his bride, but we are also his body. Um, that 
the way we're gifted, the way we're called, the way we're anointed is part of a body, but it's also part of a family, right? Like even my husband and myself, before we are husband and wife, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Like he has called us to be family. Like that's the relationship of God, the father. Like we have all these different aspects mm-hmm. and he's called us to be joint heirs with him. So because we are siblings basically in the body of Christ first, that's where the concept of sisterhood comes in. It's like a foundational aspect of relationship between women. Um, It's one that's definitely under attack by the enemy because we have heard every lie in the book about women cannot get along, women cannot be trusted, women, whatever, right? So many plots of Satan to break the bond of sisterhood and brotherhood, right? Between men as well. But in the body of Christ, I think we have a misconception about sisterhood and friendship being the same thing because we are sisters, whether we like it or not. If another woman is in Christ and even the ones that are not, those are our sisters. That's what God has called us to do. We should be praying for them. We should be fasting for them. We should be praying for their salvation if they are not yet saved. We should be praying for their freedom, for their deliverance, and and really seeing them as image bearers, like anyone that God created, but especially our sisters in Christ. Like we have a commitment to one another just by virtue of being saved, right? That's just the, the simple part of sisterhood. I can serve alongside you. I can love you. I can support you. I can want what's best for you. And that's what I should be doing as a woman of God with other women because they are my sisters in the body of Christ. Healthy sisterhood and biblical sisterhood are rooted in the word of God, right? Like we see it as being children of God as well as also being in the family of God. So that is the concept of sisterhood. It's like a basic principle of relationships between women in the body of Christ. That's the easiest way to sum it up. I know that a lot of people haven't seen that, so they don't know what that means. Um, And so then what happens is because they have not ever seen sisterhood in a healthy way, frequently sisterhood is intertwined with the word friendship. So you can be sisters with friendship not being present, but you cannot be friends without sisterhood being present. Mm -hmm. So friendship is a matter of choice, right? It's like my, I take a bit my natural family. So my mom has me my sister and my brother. We are siblings, whether we like it or not. We didn't choose it, but our personal relationship that we have with one another is where our friendship is rooted. Mm -hmm. So that's when you take the sisterhood to another level and become friends. That comes from common interest. You don't have to have common interest to be a sister because our common interest is Christ, right? (laughs) Like we're sisters because our common interest is Christ. But to build friendship, there should be some commonality, some common interest, and it really takes cultivating. Sisterhood does too. But if you're going to take it to the level of friendship, there needs to be some effort put into the friendship, right? Just like any relationship. Um, I think the generation that we live in, this is a challenge because um, the perception that we have of like, virtual connections is not always reality because people are sharing, right? Like they're sharing on social media, they're sharing through different avenues, like sharing in this this avenue and you can feel connected to someone without actually having to invest in a relationship where friendship takes that investment. Like what's happening off of the virtual streets, right? Like what's happening? What are you, how are you building your friendship? And for me, Friendship takes time to build because there are certain things that you have to learn about each other to even determine if you want to be friends to begin with. 
And I can serve you and, and serve with you and be your sister and serve you as a sister in Christ because that's what I'm supposed to do. And we don't make it to the level of friendship. And that's not a bad thing. Um, right. I think the reality, like even when you look at like the life of Jesus, Jesus really had a lot more disciples than we teach, right? Like we teach about the 12 a lot, but there were several people that walked, several, right. yes, that walked <laughs> with Jesus. We teach about the 12 a lot, but even if you study biblically, when Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, he didn't even take all 12 with him. Right, right. And then John is real, real. And John is like, John, the disciple that Jesus loved. Like, hey, sure. Point that yes, out. there were some differences. And I think that that shows us that there are layers to friendship and layers to community and layers to serving together. And I think we confuse that because sometimes those lines are blurred. Like I said, you can have sisterhood and not necessarily have friendship present, but you can't have friendship present. Like if I don't consider you a sister in Christ, how are we going to be friends? Like how, how can we do that? That's the number one layer. And then there are several layers that you build on top of that, that friendship is built into. And I think too, there are different types of friendships as well. Like, um, different friends for different seasons or different aspects of your life and so it's not about being fake or phony or you're not but there's different pieces of you that connect to people on different levels and I think being open to that too mm -hmm. in the body of Christ like yeah. Drake and the no new friends or whoever sung that song <laughs> that messes people up like we should be open yeah. to building friendships and I think ministry can get complicated right? When we don't understand those differences, but even outside of ministry, things can get complicated if we don't define. So that's how I define it. So I think it's important for people to determine how they define sisterhood. And I mean, sister is pretty clear normally, but if we're using the Bible as our guide, but how do you define friendship? Like know that for yourself so you can know how to connect. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and it made me really think of just how, you know, you see some people and they have friends that they've been friends since they were in kindergarten. Now they're in their forties, you know, <laughs> and then you have some who have, um, maybe they met them, you know, in, in college or whatever, and they're still friends, or they just met them two years ago and they're like best friends, you know? Um, and so looking at the different dynamics and like you, you said, there's different seasons. Like I'm one for whatever reason have had seasonal friends <laughs> like you know um I had I tried holding on to the you know the friends from when I was in elementary but we were going different like it's like we're going in different different paths we're, we're, right we're, God's calling me this way and your life is taking you that way whatever the case may be um and so it was you know it's about knowing how to like let you know whatever happens with the relationship happen doesn't mean you're enemies you know, right. doesn't mean that, you know, you still want the best for each other. You still love each other. Um, but you're just not as close anymore because, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and some people have a hard time navigating that. And Especially I think in the kingdom, because the, oh, yeah. the, the issue we run into is like, when you're in the world, you mm -hmm. can really pick for who, from whoever you want. Like your pool is vast, right? Because you don't have this filter of your faith. Well, mm -hmm. then once you become saved, your pool to select from is minimized because now your friends that are not saved 
-hmm. you're really called to be a witness to them your mm -hmm. your sole purpose in that relationship is now for them to not spend an eternity apart from christ that don't mean you're preaching to them all the time right, but you're right. on assignment in that friendship so yeah. Your, your friends that are a safe place for you, a place for you to be encouraged, a place for you to be equipped, empowered, and even activated, that group is smaller because, you know, everybody, everybody's not going to be saved. Yeah. So I think we make an assumption is because we are all saved mm -hmm. that this is going to be my friendship spot. And mm -hmm. so if you are friends with someone and they are saved and y'all, for whatever reason, are not as close as once as you once were, I think it's difficult for us to navigate because we like to compartmentalize or make things black and white. And that's not life. Like there's a lot of gray and being uh -huh. able to navigate a gray situation right yeah. as close as I was with someone else, but we are not enemies. We struggle with that because we don't, we don't really as people know how to navigate dealing with other people. Yeah. That, and, and like you said, in social media, like you said, has made it harder um, because it's not like we weren't intended to, you know, connect that way and build relationships that way. So mm -hmm. yes, it's it's good for like, you know, people like say like me, I don't have any immediate, my family, my mom's side, my dad, like I don't have any family here outside of my husband and my children. So mm -hmm. my family's, so, you know, they're out, out of state. And so I love being on Facebook, seeing what they're doing, y'all doing, you know, you know, yeah. old class, maybe somebody went to high school with and just reconnected with them on Facebook. So it's good to see what's become of their life and things like that. But it like, I could just say that it's some people maybe that I made connection with online then maybe I run into them in person or meet them in person and it still is like this barrier there and the barrier is that screen that we've had all this time but like you said we feel like we know them because we see what they're sharing with us right <laughs> and we like okay so we feel like you know them, but when you get when you get in person it is like oh man I don't, you realize how much you really don't know them. Right. I haven't really connected with them. And, right. so, um, and, and so it's making it harder, I believe, for us to navigate um, relationships when it's, I don't know, it's just like that. It's like an emotional connect. Some type of a connection is not there anymore mm -hmm. of online. You know? Right. You're, you're exactly right. It, it's a barrier <laughs> to intimacy in relationships, I think. And if you are not really intentional in trying to forge that intimacy, which is where the friendship piece comes in, mm -hmm. it can be really awkward. And I think there is a miss, you can have a misunderstanding too of where a relationship is mm -hmm. because you may be feeling like really close, yeah, really connected and all this. And they're like, mm -mm, girl, we friends on social media. <laughs> <laughs> right right listen because it could be like hey i'm a words of affirmation person so we talking and you know so that's my love like you know i feel like we super close like we best yeah. friends in my head mm -hmm. but when i meet you you like um quality time is mine and that's yes. who you know and so yeah it's <laughs> a perfect example actually perfect example. <laughs> so yeah listen <laughs> oh man okay so even with that so like you were saying about not us not knowing how to have a relationship with with others. And so one of the things that I loved about um being a wise and waiting when it came to sisterhood is how we showed up for one another. Mm -hmm. And um some of us, you know, we were 
distant. Like you're in Texas, I'm in Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, you know? <laughs> and so my showing up for you, it looks different. Like, you know, I'm showing up online as much as possible, things like that. And so what do you say to those? Because it's like, I would want to, some of the some of the ladies, I want to show up more, but I'm like, look, y'all too far away, you right. know, money to do. Like, how do you show up in distance and maybe finances may be an obstacle? Like, how do like um because like I said, it was so many connections made, and I can't mm -hmm. I, I can't pull up on everybody. So mm -hmm. <laughs> for those of the ladies that may listen to this interview, like, how do you? How would you say like, okay, this is how you show up? when distance and finances may be an obstacle like you know i might only be able to visit two people this year and i gotta get you hey. you know and vice versa <laughs> like how do we show up what's the best way to show up for your sister your sister friend you know yeah i think intentionality goes a long way right because it is pulling up on people who are not local to you is a real expense. Like it's a sacrifice. It's a financial sacrifice. It's potentially time away from your family, time away from work or potentially, right? So it's intentionality of like, girl, I want to build connection. And I love your example of like people's love languages because I think that that's a great step in the friendship direction of asking people, how do you really experience love? How do you feel the most supported? And there are ways that even without seeing each other in person that you can accomplish that. If you have an iPhone, sorry, Android users, I guess y'all can use Google Meet. <laughs> if you have an iPhone, okay. you can um, do FaceTime. Uh -huh. right, like FaceTime one another and I'm really intentional with my friends to ask him like what do you actually have going on in this because I live in the middle of nowhere in Texas like it's not easy to fly here oh, um, the yeah. airport is two hours away oh, yeah. um, so yeah. <laughs> you know and my community here is wonderful but I do have friends that don't don't live near me so asking them what do they have going on and, and how can you be praying for them and or supporting them in that. So the beauty of social media is as you're building those connections, sharing what people have going on is a wonderful way to show support. But I think it's being intentional to, to ask, right? Because for me, I feel like my definition of sisterhood I gave. And so there are certain things I just do because you are my sister in Christ. That's just that's just who I am, right? So that comes along with it. And so the the extra cherries on top, right, for my friends are things that I know that they appreciate mm -hmm. or ways that they feel us. So I would say FaceTime conversations, get as much FaceTime as you can, whether it's in person or um, via phone, right? Sharing, like it's a common interest, but that means you're getting to know each other and how people feel loved, how people feel celebrated. Um, a lot of what we see in the kingdom specifically is like, you have a lot of women in the kingdom that have always been the strong friend, mm -hmm. right? Like they are accustomed to showing up for other people and having no one show up for them. Mm -hmm. So having someone ask you, how do you feel supported? How do you feel celebrated? Sometimes they don't even know the answer, but the fact that you're asking the question, I think goes really, really far and being consistent, yeah. right? So being intentional and being consistent in your support, I think goes really far, but everybody is different. So asking those questions is, is really, really important and being genuinely curious, you know, about other people and, and how they feel supported, I think is important too. Right. That's good. That's good. Um, definitely. Um, because like I said, I was like, Ooh, it's like, you know, you came in a wiser way. And, and even if you had, if you're a part of a large ministry, oh, look at hi <laughs> okay if you 
if you're daddy? if you're a part of a large ministry it's just like you all of a sudden mm. gain a lot of sisters right mm. <laughs> and um you know you probably meet a lot that you love and want to connect with or get to know but you know it's you you're only one person right you can't it's only so much you can do <laughs> in so much time so <laughs> definitely uh those are definitely good tips for those who um you know met someone whether online or in person and really want to um just kind of explore building a friendship with or assist you know a deeper sisterhood with so definitely thank you for that um yeah that's a good question yes um okay so I want to talk, okay, let me shift a little bit to the um, leadership because like I said, uh, with your leadership, the the training um, was one of the probably most thorough leadership because I'm, you know, I'm in leadership. I've been in leadership it, with a couple of different ministries because I moved, you know, states a few times. And so mm -hmm. um, the... You guys, we were, we had a year of training. <laughs> it was good though. It was good. And like healthy leadership was like the main um, conversation. And I really appreciated it because I didn't, I felt like it wasn't something that was very emphasized in my experience in the ministries that I've been in and experienced like the healthy leadership was not a main focus. It was just, you know, mainly about, you know, serving God's people, which yes, you know, we, that's what, that's what we're here for. Um, but it wasn't so much of an emphasis on maintaining a healthy spirituality as a leader. Yes. You better be fasting. You better be praying. Um, have a good attitude you this you know you talk to guys people this is how you handle we got all of that but um when we got into with wise and waiting the one of the biggest things for me was the um being more than doing that like that's still to the probably earlier i think i was thinking about that um being the daughter of christ being you know, yeah. the image bearer more than doing or feeling the need to do or always running and ripping and doing. And even like the rest, like the Sabbath and resting, um, those were the two biggest things. And um, it was just like, I, it was just something I felt like all ministries, churches, however they define themselves, like this is something that um needs to be implemented and it needs more more attention and more focus than it's been getting over um I'm, I'm gonna say decades i don't know you know i don't, I, I only been around a couple of decades at this point but <laughs> i believe that it's something that's been going on this is this is what they learn so this is how they teach us mm -hmm. um but it wasn't really emphasized and so why was it more so important or how did it become such an important aspect of the leadership training um, at Wise and Waiting. So, girl, because I didn't know what I was doing. That's <laughs> um, like I said when I started Wise and Waiting, I had no intention of starting a ministry. Right. So it was me and the Lord, just like rocking and rolling. Like, what are we gonna do next, God? Right. 
so when I started, I had no intention of like having people um, to lead in wives and waiting. And as the needs kind of arose, like God's grace, oh, praise Jesus. God's grace definitely was on this ministry because I really, I had no idea. Um, I have been in leadership roles for work before. Mm-hmm. And so I I started thinking about, I had some some missteps, right, with leaders that would come to Wives and Waiting because I had an expectation, again, because I had no, like, ministry background or anything, like, oh, if you show up here and you want to lead, you know what to do. Um, that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, like you said, there were some specific things that people did know. Yeah. Um, they were taught, but it did not really align with the mission of Wives and Waiting. And so the mission of Wives and Waiting was for people to, for, to help women honor their commitment to God and the other relationships, right, in their lives. So in order to help other people do that, you have to be doing that. And like you said, it's not about the 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 rules portion. Mm-hmm. It's about being healthy enough in your relationship with God to do that. And that being versus doing was really revolutionary because so many of us in the body of Christ that we are so focused on performance, right? Like doing all the right things and um, looking the right way and saying the right things instead of really just being healthy, whole and free yeah. and letting everything overflow out of that so I found myself in the same boat though right like I found myself like oh I'm doing all this stuff but I'm toe up and so I'm like Lord help right and praise the Lord he answers prayer and at the church I was attending at the time we um we were just going through like different resources that were available and the book title Emotionally Healthy Leader really caught my eye Mm -hmm. like oh what what is this and when I read it didn't know I was gonna get drugged for filth um, I read a book um, about how unhealthy I was and at that point the ministry was probably two years old okay. at that point and I didn't have very many there weren't very many leaders in the ministry at that time other than myself it's a lot of my house guys uh, <laughs> not uh, very many leaders other than myself at that time so I really am grateful to the Lord that like he didn't allow us to mess anything up really yeah. before we found the resource and I remember reading the book and really feeling like this should not be revolutionary right like concepts in the book about emotional maturity, um, spiritual death, depth, um, looking back into your past and seeing how that's impacting you in your present, uh, the way you view yourself, being versus doing Sabbath, those things should not have been re- revolutionary and they were. And right. that in and of itself was enough for me to be like, something isn't right. Um, if you are so rocked by this, like what's in your core that this is challenging and as we went over time, I'm like, if I feel this way, other people might feel this way too. And really that's, that's exactly right. That's the theme of why I was waiting. Like if it's impacting me, maybe other people need it too. Yeah, yeah. And so we decided to formalize our onboarding process because at that time there was no formal leadership training, um, for being a leader in wives and waiting. And we decided that, like I said, it was something that needed to be a requirement to be a leader in the ministry. Because when you do traditional ministry, like locally, mm-hmm. my pastor sees me, he knows how I'm living, right? Like he sees right. <laughs> how I'm living, how I'm interacting with people, how I'm connecting with people. Yeah. And yeah. not that it's not a need when you have church within the four walls, but mm-hmm. I think it's an even greater need when you have a parachurch ministry where, where Wives Awaiting was international. And so I didn't get to see leaders on a day-to-day basis and how they were interacting in their relationship with God and with other people and in their families. So it was really important for me to know, like, this is what I know I can refer back to for leaders to have some kind of curriculum. And this was like, we could train you 
in prayer. We could train you in teaching, but helping to grow you in your emotional and spiritual maturity and health was, yeah. was, yeah, we needed a system, right? We needed a system. Was another level, like, yeah. So yeah, it because because of what I needed again, what I needed and what I I was lacking in that really growing in that area really changed the way that I led. Yeah, man. Yeah, it definitely um, you know, it was like it, it flipped a mirror on me that <laughs> to see things. This is a different kind of mirror. <laughs> I looked at mirrors before, but this was a different <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh man, like this, mm-hmm. um, this is serious. Like, <laughs> and I got, I got some work to do. Like, this is mm-hmm. like, man. And so <laughs> it was much needed, but it was so good to the point I remember. <laughs> so this is pandemic, I guess. It, yeah. Uh, and we were, my church that I was a part of at the time, we were online. And I remember even, you know, at the end, you know, they're like, anybody got to say, I forget what we were talking about one day. And I got to talking about the whole concept of being <laughs> more than doing. Like it was one of those things, like it, it, that part of the book, like greatly impacted me in the way that I view ministry. And so, like I said, I mm-hmm. began to, you know, almost in a sense, almost preach it and didn't, you know, without realizing it, like, hey, like and even in conversation with uh, some of the other leaders there, like I'll be like, see the thing is, see, we, <laughs> you know, I say we so busy doing, you doing too much, <laughs> not enough being. <laughs> no, it's like oh my gosh. So I would like literally would just begin to um, find myself, you know, repeating that to people because um, it's like I I began to see just how unhealthy the. Um, not just not the leadership but the whole church at this point i'm looking at the whole church i'm looking at every church as a whole like okay so this this is a whole this is going on a lot in a lot of churches and ministries where it's so much doing not enough being and not enough rest and like i was just it, it caused me it's like it opened my eyes up to another um like another level of almost discernment or something i don't mm-hmm. know i began to really like look like oh mm-hmm. Lord, Lord help you know because I'm like they don't know like they need to know like you know <laughs> things like that and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was so like man Ooh, I, and I was just thinking the other day I probably need to go back through the book again I think I will um and I'm gonna actually I'm gonna put that I'm gonna put the name of the book and the author um I'll put that in the show notes so if anybody yeah interested in um and you don't have to be in leadership because uh, they have other emotionally healthy spirituality um and emotionally healthy leadership uh they have it's it's, it's like a series so mm-hmm. put, um uncle pete and we'll put his his information in there you can look him up and you can get his books um, um they are highly 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 recommended okay okay sure. you ready <laughs> listen so I wanted to ask then, so because of the, so because of the training onboarding uh, for the leaders, um, I feel like we had a pretty strong team. And um, so I wanted to ask as well, because this comes up, at, well, maybe it doesn't come up enough. It should come up enough <laughs> uh, about accountability and leadership. Um, like how important is that 
and I'm not even gonna say it was because because it is, it is how important mm -hmm. is the accountability in leadership um, in the church, in whether you're in a church, a pair, you know, a pair church ministry, um, just period. Like, how important is it? Because we've seen a, a I've been seeing a lack. It's just like a lack of accountability in leadership, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I I. I'm one who appreciates accountability. I feel like I need it. Um, but not everybody feels that way. And um, some, like, I just feel like people need to understand how, just how important it is um, and how how needed it is. So could you kind of like just, you know, share that, share a little bit about that for me? Yeah, it's a iron sharpens iron conversation, right? Like if we don't have accountability, we're not being sharpened. And so people assume like, oh, you're looking for accountability because you're in sin. No, I'm looking for accountability so I don't fall into sin. Amen. So I think that's right. that's the issue that we have in the it, like why we are seeing so so many more moral failures in the church. Um, number one, like we have access to more information. So while they might have been happening in previous years, we didn't have access to that information because of right, like how the world was set up. But if you think about two kind of the transition of the church. And this is not a positive or negative, it just is, right? So traditionally, we had a lot of denominations. And so the accountability was built into that denominational structure. So, you know, you didn't go out and church, plant a church on your own. You were sent um, mm -hmm. by your leader, by an apostle, or even like headquarters themselves. Mm -hmm. and so there was like a, a built-in structure or a system of accountability, where, where now you have a lot more independent churches. So that system is not set up like automatically. So then you have to set up that system yourself. So right. therein lies the problem, right? So mm -hmm. if you are a leader and just because everyone, people that are in leadership are not perfect. There's still right. human beings, right. there's flawed and they are still, still bent towards sin. All of us right. are. Right. So if you are someone that struggles with accountability or doesn't see the value in accountability and you are responsible for putting a system of accountability in place, either it's going to be non-existent or it's going to be very weak. For wives in waiting, for me, um, because I did not see the leaders on a day-to-day -day basis, that was paramount. Yes. Again, that was a product of what some of the missteps I had initially, right? Because I assumed if you were coming to leadership that you you did desire accountability or you were living in the way that you were supposed to be living, but that was an incorrect assumption. I was not naive. I learned though. Um, so we built in systems of accountability to protect the leaders of Wives Are Waiting as well as the members because um, no system of accountability is dangerous to the leaders as well as the members, because of my previous point, because we are human beings, yes. without that system in place, we are going to wound each other and the people that we are called to lead. Like left to our own devices, right? Like we um, we are right in our own eyes. So if we don't have a second or third or fourth set of eyes to help us be accountable and to help show us ourselves, we are bound for a disaster. Like the enemy loves nothing more than for us to be our own judge Mm -hmm. injury um yeah. because we are uh that's why we're commanded right to take the take the plank out of our eyes before getting the speck out of someone else's because when we're evaluating ourselves mm -hmm. we always have a flawed perspective and it's either it's always rooted in pride so it's either to puff ourselves up and to minimize our faults or to bring ourselves down and to overemphasize our faults either way that's not how we're supposed to be viewing ourselves and even the most mature i know everyone that i know 
that have led successfully and with integrity for a long time has a system of accountability. And typically the people that you see that are falling do not have that. Right. Um, there was a, another pastor who wrote a wonderful book on leadership. I won't say his name, right? Cause that's not my business, but he wrote a wonderful book on leadership. And not too long after that book was published, he um, had to step down as the pastor of his church because he was struggling with addiction so much so that it was impacting yeah. his leadership and ability to pastor. And he talked about like, he did not have systems of accountability in place. Mm. Um, and so for someone to be self-aware enough to know, like, I didn't set myself up for success. So as the leader of Wives on Waiting, I wanted to put that system into place to try to help. It's still our personal responsibilities, right? But when there is a system of accountability, you and you can apply things across a system, the likelihood for success goes up. And even when we have leaders that struggle within the ministry and the same thing, I do the same thing at work. We have a system of accountability at work. And when people are not successfully applying that system or if the system is flawed, you can see like how the defects present themselves. So professionally and from a ministry standpoint. Yes, definitely. That's good. Um, and like you said, that the is the safeguard for everyone involved is not for one mm -hmm. and not the other and so it's not about because something you know accountability is all about control right it, it's like it's it's just not like it's <laughs> it's for it's protection um in more ways than one and so um that i believe was you know like you said it's part of it's part of what makes um, a business or ministry successful, you know? Um, and I believe that's why, uh, why the waiting, you know, saw the success that it, that it did. Like, I mean, of course, not the only reason, but it was a big part of, because <laughs> like you said, without it, it's like a, anything, anything goes, I don't want to be anywhere where anything goes. Like, right. that's like, try okay, anything goes, okay, so we're going to remove all the street lights out of the, uh, so we, everybody, you, you drive, how many accidents are we going to have? How many fights exactly. are we going to have? Because anything goes, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we have, but when you have, you have the accountability, the street light in place, right? And, and it's, it's, it's a red light, those people just face the red stop, right? green light go. But if everybody right. has a green light. <laughs> it's like come on well I would say if you don't have a system of accountability then you're forced to have selective accountability which is even yeah. more dangerous mm -hmm. because some people are wondering okay why am I being held accountable and they're not for the same offense yeah so when you have a system of like when this occurs this is what we do when this occurs this is what we do and there will always be times that you have to differentiate right because yeah. of people the human aspect but if you don't have a system in place you are you're putting yourself in a position for lots of crashes to happen yeah definitely definitely yeah so that was good though that was that was good that was that was really good um um I believe that it explained um gave the explanation for those who may have been who may be wondering you know what's accountability all about um or you know what's what's the need for it for those who may be trying to build or considering building you know uh, a ministry a pair of ministry or a business look mm -hmm. <laughs> get it in place even if it's just you right now get it in place right. come 
okay, mm -hmm. so I already had it laid out. So now that you're here, you know, not you know, it's not just me anymore. So yeah, this is some, This is these are the these are the um like rules or the uh, procedure which we will follow. You know, in in the case that this happens or whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. And then you you change as you need or adjust as you need to. But having that system, like I said, don't. My mission right now is like to help people. Don't make the mistakes I made early on just because I didn't know any better. Um, yeah. And so I, I firmly believe in. A system of accountability so you can avoid some of the landmines that I stepped on um mm -hmm. the first several years because it, it really makes a difference it does right right oh man so yeah Ooh, look I'd rather learn from somebody else's than that <laughs> <laughs> man but okay so I want I do want to ask um what would you say the legacy of wives and waiting is Oh man. Okay. Oh, that's, a big question. that's a big one, but it is. Um, this is something that has been firmly on my mind um these last several months because that's the focus that I'm on right now is like just focusing on legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say it would be one of innovation and creativity. That's first. Um, just to even like I wouldn't even consider myself a creative before. And then people would be like, didn't you? create a ministry right okay <laughs> so it took me a while to connect those dots um, but I would say one of innovation and, and creativity of just responding to the needs of women in the body of Christ over a decade hmm. I would say um, longevity and dedication because there were lots of times that I was like what are what's happening Jesus as well as the leaders you know in the ministry we have some leaders that were with the ministry from beginning to end um so I'd say long, longevity and dedication I'd say one of um freedom and discipline like people think that those two things don't coexist and I think we had a wonderful picture of how those things coexist that you will be free in Christ which also results in you being self self-disciplined mm -hmm. um I'd say one of just healthy growth right because you can grow and it not be healthy um healthy growth like the lord allowed us to really like grow in stages in ways that i could handle right that i had capacity for but as well as the leaders um i would say it's a rich legacy too just like rich in resources and giftings and callings and personalities and just a, a really rich legacy and then i would say one of evolution too like just to sum it up of like when I was waiting started this is what I thought mm -hmm. we were doing and then when it ended like it evolved into something so much more than I could have ever imagined we saw um it's a birthing place too naturally and spiritually we saw children born we saw marriages we saw women become who God said they are and come into a new understanding of who he says they are. And I just, I hope, my hope is that, you know, everyone who came into contact with the ministry from leaders to members, partners, people who supported us, that they really saw like God's heart, that that's, that Wives and Waiting really represents how God sees us, how he loves us. And that's what all those programs were created for, to really just be an expression of the Lord's love for us. So that was, that was when I wasn't expecting you to ask, even though it's on the paper, I wasn't <laughs> uh, prepared to, to really sum it up. So that's what I would say. 
<laughs> Look, you did good. Listen, because I'll be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, look, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. I agree with all of that. And, you know, um, I wasn't there from beginning to the end, but, <laughs> you know, I came in, I believe, at the right time. Um, and, like, I definitely agree. Um, those that that I know that I came to know through while waiting, I believe we all say the same thing. Um, That's blessing. <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah. It, it, we're forever changed, and you know we're always we're always a part of while waiting. Like it's just like even though it's ended, like that ministry still goes on through us because yeah. of the impact that it had. And so, whoo, look, it was, it was good talking to you tonight. Like, yes, it was like, man, <laughs> this is a good conversation. I, I'm like, I'm like, I got, I have more questions, but I'm, <laughs> but that's okay. I have your number. Um, yes. <laughs> and so, um, listen, for those of you who missed wives and waiting, the era of wives and waiting, um, you can still find a lot of the teachings and everything on YouTube. I'm going to be sure to put the um, YouTube channel link in the um, show notes so that you can go back. Listen, like she said, it was a rich ministry. So it was rich in teaching and prayer, like all those things. And so go back into those archives, check it out because it's going to bless you. And um, while you weren't there for the, you may not have been there, you know, while the ministry was happening, I'm telling you, you go back into those, those videos, you're going to feel like you, you're going to be telling people you're a member of Wives and Waiting. Okay. Community. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. <laughs> and so Shantae, I know that you um, are in a season of resting so, uh, so you don't have, you know, a women's ministry or anything like that happening right now. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely still want people to be able to, you know, follow you on social media because even though you're resting, like at some point you're going to come out and uh, you're going to have something good for the people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know the Lord. I know the Lord. I know you're gonna do it. Look, um, and <laughs> um, and not only that, you know, uh, you definitely drop, you know, gems of wisdom and knowledge and all those good things. And so, um, I would definitely like to share your um information, your social media handles, and all of that in the show notes, so that they can follow you, um, so they can just stay, you know up to date if you know anything happening Shantae look if you if you see her having anything going on you you want to be a part of it okay <laughs> I don't have that much going on guys so don't judge me when you go on social media <laughs> no 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 she's resting right now just that's how I started it out like she's in the season of <laughs> but once the Lord says hey I need you to do x y and z she she'll be on it and you'll be in the know so make sure you follow her um and you guys, we're going to get ready to end it right here. I think this was, this was good. Um, I pray that everybody was blessed um, and enjoyed meeting Shantae. And um, 
I pray that you guys continue to, you know, follow the Aqua Prophet. Stay tuned because I'm going to be bringing some more, more people on and we're going to, you know, be getting into some good discussions. Um, if you would like to um, send any prayer requests or even show idea requests or anybody you want to recommend someone to come on the show, just um, send me an email at theawkwardprofit at gmail.com. Um, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at awkward underscore profit. Um, and until next time, you guys, um, I will see you all. Well, yeah, next week. You guys take care. And I pray that you guys are blessed. Have a good one.